dear loving father in heaven thank you so much for your loving kindness which on a daily basis you give to us we are grateful for the temporal blessings we receive in the air we breathe the water we drink the food we eat the security we enjoy and the protection that we have we thank you lord also for the spiritual blessings that you give to us through your word the forgiveness of sins the granting to us of your spirit and the transforming of our character all these things lord we are so grateful for them as we fellowship with you now we pray that this shall be another opportunity for us to draw nearer to you grant us graciously of your spirit consecrate me to your service help us lord to rightly divide the word of truth and by these words that our character may be further transformed into our lord jesus's own in jesus name i've prayed amen Conflict and Courage, November 26 Angel Protectors And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod. Acts chapter 12 verse 11 The day of Peter's execution was at last appointed. But still, the prayers of the believers ascended to heaven. And while all their energies and sympathies were called out in fervent appeals for help, angels of God were watching over the imprisoned apostle. Herod on this occasion had taken double precautions. To prevent all possibility of release, Peter had been put under the charge of sixteen soldiers who in different watches guarded him day and night. In his cell, he was placed between two soldiers and was bound by two chains, each chain being fastened to the wrist of one of the soldiers. He was unable to move without their knowledge, but man's extremity is God's opportunity. Herod was lifting his hand against omnipotence, and he was to be utterly defeated. By the putting forth of his might, God was about to save the precious life that the Jews were plotting to destroy. A mighty angel is sent from heaven to rescue Peter. The principalities and powers of heaven are watching the warfare which, under apparently discouraging circumstances, God's servants are carrying on. New conquests are being achieved, new honors won as the Christians, rallying round the banner of their Redeemer, go forth to fight the good fight of faith. All the heavenly angels are at the service of the humble, believing people of God. And as the Lord's army of workers here below sing their songs of praise, the choir above join with them in ascribing praise to God and to His Son. Every true child of God has the cooperation of heavenly beings. Invisible armies of light and power attend the meek and lowly ones who believe and claim the promises of God. Cherubim and seraphim and angels that excel in strength stand at God's right hand, 
all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Angel Protectors. Like we have seen in previous devotions, after the death of Jesus, the Bible teaches that Satan was filled with wrath for the children of God. And the reason is that he knows now that he hath but a short time. You can go through that in the book of Revelation 12 and also see our devotion for November 21 that is titled Martyred for Christ. You see, the wrath of Satan was getting stronger and stronger on the church. And the next person to feel the wrath after Stephen, the first one to be honored among the twelve apostles, would be James, the son of Zebedee, the brother of John the Beloved. Some time before the Lord had told him of his fate, but none knew how soon that his fate would come. In the book of Mark 10, reading from verse 35 to 40, we see where James and John came to meet Jesus and they requested of him that they wanted to stand at or sit at the right hand and the other or the left when Jesus comes in his glory. Verse 38, Jesus said unto them, You know not what you ask. Can you drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said unto him, We can. And Jesus said unto them, You shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of and with the baptism that I am baptized with withal shall ye be baptized. What is this cup and baptism Jesus is referring to? The cup and the baptism is the baptism of suffering and the cup that Jesus drank that day that he was in Gethsemane where he said, Lord, if thou wilt let this cup pass from me. The cup that was being referred to is the suffering that comes with being a Christian. And that is the cup that the disciples James and John said that they could drink of and Jesus said that you will drink of it. That time has come, had come now for James to drink of that cup which Jesus said he would drink. When he said he would, James did mean it that he would drink of that cup. He did mean it and he was the first of the apostles that was taken to face the wrath of Satan. Satan had determined that these men who had forsaken all for Jesus were nothing less to be, des- to be counted than Jesus himself. He feared them like he feared Jesus and decided that they deserved nothing less than the cruelty he meted out to their Lord. Under the inspiration of Satan, Herod imprisoned James, the brother of John. The fact that he was in prison says a lot of what his ministry was like. Though the Bible is silent, we can safely say that this man was wrecking havoc to the kingdom of Satan. If he was not wrecking great havoc to the kingdom of Satan, this would not happen. Satan does not waste his time and resources on those who are not a threat to his kingdom. His greatest and cruelest attacks he reserves for those who are on the forefront of the battle against his kingdom and there is none who deals the greatest blow to his kingdom than those who labor in word and doctrine. These apostles had left everything for this purpose. Not even the work of caring for tables was enough to divert them from this responsibility. In the book of Acts 8, reading from verse 1, after Stephen was stoned to death, the Bible says, and Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except 
the apostles. So, where was the heat of persecution in Jerusalem? Most of the Christians who were ministers, like you saw Philip, they left Jerusalem because of the persecution, but some people stayed the apostles. While other disciples scattered abroad, they remained at the headquarters of Satan's kingdom at the time where the heat was the hottest. The Jews had rejected Jesus and had chosen Caesar. Jesus had wept and solemnly declared their house left desolate. Matthew 23 verse 37 to 39, Jesus said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth till ye shall see blessed is he that cometh in the name of the lord acts chapter 8 verse 1 says that there was great persecution against the church which was at jerusalem the apostles remained in jerusalem where the heat of satan's wrath was more fierce than in other places and they were put to great extremities here they braved remaining in jerusalem to feed the flock that was there in the face of the greatest danger James had been preaching powerfully and had caught the attention of Satan and his agents. Herod, being an instrument of Satan, was made aware of this man James who was destroying the kingdom of Satan by his preaching. The man who had no scruples in taking away the life of John the Baptist had now become bolder in iniquity. His heart was now seared, his conscience seared. He who once would listen to the preaching of John the Baptist had killed John and if he could kill John, what would he not do to the apostles? Acts 12 from verse 1 and 2 solemnly tells us, Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Amen. The book of Matthew 10 verse 24 and 25 tells us, Jesus had told his disciples, The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? James was the first of the apostles to graduate and to be honored with drinking from the same cup as his master. Amen. And being baptized with the same baptism of his lord and he drank it cheerfully and well. His death did not deter the work of God. Like we have already seen, it always works in the favor of the truth when God's people are martyred. The blood of the saints is seed and there has never been a pulpit as the martyr's pile. Jesus has consecrated a path of martyrdom by being martyred himself. Therefore, anyone who passes through this ordeal should see it as a great honor given to him. James was honored first above his brethren. His work was done and the Lord permitted him to be taken away. But in the kingdom of Satan, Herod was deceiving himself that he had gained a victory. 
Just as Satan's greatest defeat came when he orchestrated the crucifixion of Jesus, so also Herod was orchestrating his own defeat as he was persecuting the people of God. Now, Acts 12, reading from verse 3, it says, And because Herod saw that it pleased the Jews, that's when he killed James, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unliving bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. And by the way, let me say this. Did you hear that? Intending after what? Easter. Remember the history that we saw about the Jews, how the Greek teachings had entered into them. Herod was no Jew. He was from the Edomians, which are Esau's people. The Greeks had infiltrated these people's religion, the Sadducees and even the Edomians. Where, why is it that Herod was waiting after Easter? Because Easter is not a Christian thing. Easter is a celebration to Easter, the god of fertility. And that's why Herod was celebrating that Easter, intending after Easter to bring Peter out and also kill him. That's just by the way. But let's go on. Acts 12 verse 5 and 6 says, Therefore, Peter was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night was Peter sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. So here it is that Herod took great precaution at this time because he knew and he had heard that there had been times when they locked up Peter and John in prison and they came out. He heard that Jesus was even in a tomb and the tomb was open and Jesus resurrected. So he was taking double precaution this time. But the time of our extremity is a time of God's opportunity. Reading from Acts 12 verse 7 it says, And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and the light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out, and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gates that leadeth unto the city which opened to him of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord had sent his angel and had delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to him named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But he beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, Go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Amen. By the way, just so you are not confused, the James being referred to that he was supposed to show it to is James, the brother of Jesus. James, the apostle. 
that is the brother of John, the beloved, was already dead. He was beheaded. But the James being referred to here is James, the brother of Jesus Christ himself. So, what lessons do we hear from? Do we learn from here? The title of our devotion, Angel Protectors. Here we see two times and the angels in ministry. First of all, in the days of Cornelius, that was angels leading people into the truth but here we're looking at an angel delivering peter from the extreme position that he was in i mean extremity with respect to the fact that he was chained and locked up in prison and was going to be killed very soon the bible teaches that truly angels of god protect us in the book of hebrews 1 verse 7 we would read something about angels. It says, Who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? And also in verse 13 and 14, it says, But to which of the angels said he at any time sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits? Send forth for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Amen. So, God tells us, the word of God teaches that angels are always ministering to those who will be heirs of salvation. In fact, Jesus says clearly that each and every one of us have angels assigned to us. Matthew 18 verse 10 says, Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. So, what do these angels do for us? Psalms 34 verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. Psalms 91 verse 11 and 12 says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Amen. Great Controversy, page 512 and 513 says, a guardian angel is appointed to every follower of Christ. These heavenly watchers shield the righteous from the power of, of the wicked one. This Satan himself recognized when he said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Has not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he had on every side? Job 1 verse 9 and 10. The agency by which God protects his people is presented in the words of the psalmist the angel of the lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them psalm 34 verse 7 said the savior speaking of those that believe on him take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones for i say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my father matthew 18 verse 10 the angels appointed to minister to the children of God have at all times access to his presence. Also in Christ's Object Lessons, page 341 and 342, we are told, We know not what results a day, an hour, or a moment may determine, and never should we begin the day without committing our ways to our Heavenly Father. His angels are appointed to watch over us. And if we put ourselves under their guardianship, then in every time of danger, they will be at our right hand when unconsciously we are in danger of exerting a wrong influence the angels will be by our side prompting us to a better course choosing our words for us and influencing our actions reading from manuscript releases volume 5 page 125 we are told angels of god are all around us Oh, we want to know these things and fear and tremble and to think much more of the power of the angels of God that are watching over and guarding us 
than we have done hitherto. Angels of God are commissioned from heaven to guard the children of men, and yet they draw away from their restraining influences and go where they can have the communication with evil angels. Oh, that we might all be obeyed the injunction of the apostles. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 and 18, where we are told, Come out from among them and be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and my daughters. End of quote. So, from here, and of course from the scriptures, we have seen clearly that God brings these angels close to us, but it's our duty to ensure that we make our environments in such a way that it will welcome the angels of the Lord. When we do things that are not in harmony with God's will, the angels of the Lord draw away from us. When we place ourselves in sin, we place ourselves under the control of evil angels. But when we continue to live in harmony with God's will, cooperating with these angels they come nearer and nearer to us and that's why satan said has not didn't god build a hedge around job why was it so job was a perfect man he was living in harmony with god's will and he got the blessing of having god's angels surrounding him and protecting him but then one would ask if this is the case where were these angels when james was beheaded the answer is this they were exactly where they were when Jesus was crucified on the cross. Fellowship with Christ in his sufferings is not to be looked at as a dreaded thing or as a defeat. If we perceive that John the Baptist and James were honored to be beheaded for Christ's sake, if it is indeed an honor, then we do not need to ask the question as to why angels did not deliver them. What? Should they deliver them from the most honorable event of their life? Should angels interpose when the servants of Jesus are about to get the high privilege of drinking of their master's cup and baptizing of the baptism where their master were baptized? Most certainly not, angels would not deprive them of such an honor. On the contrary, we are to ask, why did they deliver Peter? Why didn't they permit him to taste of his master's cup? Well, it is not necessarily because Peter was not worthy. While this could also maybe be the case, there was still a greater reason. God still had a work for Peter to do. Peter was immortal until his work was done on earth and eventually Peter himself would be crucified upside down. The angels of God did not spare him or deliver him from it. He died also and drank of the cup. But it is just because it was not yet time for Peter to go. There was still a work for him to do. This is the mindset we are to have. We must see suffering for Christ as an honor. We must understand that our master's cup is a very sacred one and it is a high honor. Do you know what it is to take of the king's cup and drink of it? Do you know what it is to baptize yourself with the kind of baptism that our master was baptized with? It is not to be seen as a dreaded thing but rather as an honor. We are not to fear the death that comes from following God. The children of God, all of us are immortal until our work is done. And as long as there is still a work for us to do on this earth, the angels of the Lord will interpose to save God's people as they did to Peter. And in the case of Dorcas, of course, it was God who resurrected her. But there is still another very important lesson for us to learn from this incident. In the book of Revelation 12, verse 12, a voice is heard from heaven. 
and that voice speaks things that are worthy of note. That voice says in the most solemn way, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. The Bible teaches that Satan has great wrath against those that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. This wrath we see was first felt by Stephen and now by James. But as we come nearer to the close of time, the wrath of Satan increases. Reading Maranatha, page 32, paragraph 4, it says, The wrath of Satan increases as his time grows short, and his work of deceit and destruction will reach its culmination in the time of trouble. End of quote. Brothers and sisters, the wrath of Satan is still upon us today, but it is even more deadly than before. And you would wonder, really? We don't see people being beheaded like James was beheaded or locked in prison like Peter or people being tortured and crucified upside down like happened to Peter much later. We don't see that happen. Oh yes, we don't. But yet, Satan's wrath is no less deadlier. It is far more deadlier today than before. Jesus said in the book of Matthew 10 verse 26, Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be made known. 27 and 28 says, 28 says rather, And fear them not which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. You see, the attack of Satan these days is sharper than it was in the days of Peter and James. While before he attacked to kill the body, though with intention to also make us lose eternal life out of fear, but now his attack and wrath comes closer to whom? He arouses us with temptations that are almost irresistible. In comparison to what happened to James and Peter, this is really a greater temptation. And if in the past his attacks were more on the captains of the Lord's army, it will be the same today. Rather than persecute us with threats of death and torture and imprisonment, which was a failed method, he now brings almost overpowering temptations to the people of God and especially to those who are like the apostles, those who labor in word and doctrine. He hopes that by causing them to sin and bringing error into their doctrine, he may also bring about the overthrow of many more people. But the example of the church is on record for us. What did they do in light of this? Acts 12 verse 5 tells us, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. This is what we are to be doing while the ministers of God are constantly on attack from the devil and going face to face with him in his kingdom. Make no mistake, those who labor in word and doctrine like Stephen, Peter, James and our Lord Jesus Christ are special objects of Satan's attention in comparison to those who labor like Dorcas who was doing good deeds. No, Satan is more against those who are preaching the truth. He sought to destroy Peter before, but Jesus prayed for Peter. Do you remember when Jesus told Peter in the book of, in the book of Luke 21, Simon, Simon, Satan has sought to desire you that he may sift you as wheat. Satan knew these men are a dangerous people to him and that's why his attack was on them. We are to therefore be like the church of old praying for those who are on the forefront 
of the battle. If we are anything like Jesus, we will not be found idle or worse still doing the work of the devil by being the instruments of Satan like Herod was, beheading the ministers of God or imprisoning them for any reason at all. And that beheading, of course, will be in the words we use to undermine their influence. We are to jealously guard the influence and reputation of God's people. Even when we do see them in error, we are not to think that we are to freely publish it because of their position. Jesus has told us what to do, not just for ministers but for anyone at all. Forbear until an appropriate time to bring it before the person in question and it must be done prayerfully. Also. Those who are the captains of the Lord's army are to take heed to themselves because the devil will bring most of his attacks against them. But as long as God's people are on their guard, they have nothing to fear. Angels of God are commissioned to protect all God's children and this is to be a comfort to us. Maranatha, page 32, paragraph 6 says, God declares that even a mother may forget her child, yet will I not forget thee. God thinks of his children with the tenderest solicitude and keeps a book of remembrance before him that he may never forget the children of his care. End of quote. Amen. So, we must be careful. Satan's wrath is still against us today. If you are a minister, be careful because what Satan will do will be to tempt you to become covetous, tempt you with adultery and lust, tempt you to become overbearing and like Peter says, lord it over God's household. You may be tempted to become proud. You may be tempted with false doctrines. These are the ways Satan does his things to be tempted with the pleasures of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the deceitfulness of sin. Those are the ways that Satan has sharpened his sword these days. He has realized there's no point killing the body in a way to think I will kill their soul too. Let me attack them close to their flesh, appeal to their flesh and that's a better attack and he has been having greater success with this method than he had when he was beheading the Christians and torturing them and burning them on the stake. He has had greater success today than he had in the past. Reading from Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing, page 117, paragraph 2 and downward, then we are told, But while we are not to be dismayed by trial, bitter though it be, we should pray that God will not permit us to be brought where we shall be drawn away by the desires of our own evil hearts. In offering the prayer that Christ has given, and the prayer being referred to here is when we pray, lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil that's the prayer in offering the prayer that christ has given we surrender ourselves to the guidance of god asking him to lead us in safe paths we cannot offer this prayer in sincerity and yet decide to walk in any way of our own choosing we shall wait for his hand to lead us we shall listen to his voice saying this is the way walk ye in it it is not safe for us to linger to contemplate the advantages to be reaped through yielding to Satan's suggestions. Sin means dishonor and disaster to every soul that indulges in it. But it is blinding and deceiving in its nature and it will entice us with flattering presentations. If we venture on Satan's ground, we have no assurance of protection from his power. So far as lies in us, we should close every avenue by which the tempter may find access to us. The prayer, bring us not into temptation, is itself a promise. If we commit ourselves to God, we have the assurance 
he will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. First Corinthians 10 verse 13. End of quote. Amen. So, while we are under the wrath of Satan through temptation, through his attacks that comes with sin, we are under the protection of God as far as we keep ourselves in a place where angels of God will constantly be around us. Also, finally, reading from Child Guidance, page 519, we are told, Before leaving the house for labor, all the families should be called together, and the father or the mother, in the father's absence, should plead fervently with God to keep them through the day. Come in humility with a heart full of tenderness, and with a sense of the temptations and dangers before yourselves and your children. By faith, bind them up on the altar entreating for them the care of the Lord. Ministering angels will guard your children who are thus dedicated to God. Amen. So this is a practical thing that we should do in our families. Parents, pray with your children every morning for the Lord to protect them because the days are evil. Angels can protect us, but we must do right. We must pray constantly. We look at the world today. People are suffering. How many children there are who are molested today, who are learning evil things? Parents, are you praying for your children? Pray every day for them that angels of God will lead them into safe paths. And even pray for ourselves that the Lord through his angels will lead us not into temptation but deliver us from all evil. And what does that mean? There's a lot that is not in our control. The boss you enter the people you meet, wherever trans- transport um, means that you take, many things happen on these areas, whether it is accidents or meeting the wrong people or falling into wrong hands. These things are not in our control. But when you pray to God every day, every morning as you are going out, God will commission his angels to keep you from all evil and lead you not into temptation. May the Lord give us the grace of his heavenly angels and maybe we also thank the lord for the ministry of the angels as i usually do every morning and thanking god because truly we need to acquaint ourselves with what they do for us and be grateful for it thank god for it let us pray dear father in heaven we are grateful to you and we can only say thank you for the ministry of the heavenly angels on our behalf Teach us, Lord, to keep ourselves in a position where we will always have the presence of the holy angels with us. Forgive us for the times we have grieved these angels through things we have done that are not in harmony with your will. Forgive us for permitting them to view things that they shouldn't be seen because of our iniquities. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, and give us grace to live for you and to place ourselves where your angels will be there to protect us. Thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.
dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. Destruction there. 
Cause he has set his love.